All right, hello and welcome to the preview show for uh, the Yusuf versus Barboza fight night card. Um, I'm Lem, and with me today is Dave. Hi, good evening, citizens of the world. (laughs) 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 You should you should use your superimpose your first one. Um, or not? You know, it's all up to you. This is fine. This is fine. (laughs) And then that there was Austin. Hello, Austin. Hello. How are you? Good. (laughs) We're all very coordinated today, I see. Yes. Mostly. It's it's fine. It's fine. We got it. (laughs) All right. So today we're going to start with previewing um, this card which is between Sadiq Yusuf and Edson Barboza. Um, Yusuf is rank 11. Barboza is rank 13. All right. <laughs> let's just, let's go into it. We'll hear the fights as they come. Okay. So Sadiq Yusuf versus Edson Barboza at featherweight. Uh, Austin, what are your thoughts on this? Um, my first initial thoughts were, oh, damn, this is going to be fun. Uh, but, uh, thinking about it, it's a weird matchup just because Sadiq is coming off of a, uh, a win, uh, well, two actually over, um, Caceres and a last minute replacement over, uh, Shannis and, uh, Barbosa. He's, you know, he's been up and down as of late, but like he... He still he's still dangerous. I mean, he just knocked out Billy Quarantillo in his last fight, did he not? So, I mean, it, granted, he he lost to Giga and Mitchell, and those are two tough sons of bitches in this division. So, I'm excited because I feel like this is going to be a violent fight, unlike um, our main event last weekend, <laughs> where it was just over in 33 seconds. So. You know, I think this is going to carry past the first round at a bare minimum, and these guys are not going to hold back anything. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if uh, Barbosa could get a second win here and maybe get back on another run, but um, he's a little long in the tooth at this point. And uh, Sadiq Youssef is probably the uh, more well-rounded, better fighter, I think, uh, in this uh, situation. So it'd be interesting to see how this matchup shakes out. Dave, your thoughts? Um, I think it's actually kind of a uh, fun matchup. I think it might actually be good stylistic, uh, stylistic matchup for uh, Barboza. Um, Sadiq's pretty good, but I don't see his style generally beating someone like Edson. Like um, to beat Edson, you really need a lot of pressure, and like Sadiq. He he's not really that guy. He was early in his career, but um, lately he hasn't been using that particular style. And uh, you know he gets hit a lot. He's been rocked in almost every fight. Uh, Gabriel Benavides dropped him. Uh, Andrew Philly rocked him. Alex Caceres rocked him. Like he's been hurt bad several times. And those guys don't have the power like Edson. And um, he's actually had a lot of success off of. Uh, top control off of takedowns, but it's not really a takedown. He, like, kicks their leg out from under him at the right time and gets on top, and he'll steal around that way. 
And uh, I don't think that'll work with Edson. And uh, he does a lot of good work with his leg kicks, but I'm not sure uh, how that'll match up with Edson. And I think the cleaner striking from Edson will uh, give him a good advantage. And I'm pretty sure that uh, he should be able to get it done. Um, do you think the like their BJJ will come into play? Like, because I was just looking that Edson is a brown belt and he's like Brazilian, obviously, and Sadiq is apparently a blue belt. Do you think it will mostly just be like the wrestling from Sadiq, or do you think there might end up being some stuff on the ground that comes into play? Mm, uh, if I'm going to think about it, I think um, it's usually a counter wrestling game from uh, <laughs> Edson, and it's usually just so he can keep the fight standing. He doesn't really mm. try to go to the ground very often. Sadiq can wrestle. Um, it's not very often that he tries to only wrestle. Uh, it's usually in combination with his striking. Like, he'll hurt you on the feet and then take you down real quick and try to throw some hammer fists or, you know, a couple of ground strikes to see if he can put you on your back and then look for dominating positions or, you know, look to transition, get a better position. But... He's not looking to submit you right off the bat. He's got hands. He's not really um, known as a grappler per se. He's got the ability to do it, but you know it's not his forte. This fight should stay standing and probably be close on the feet. But you know the edge is going to be to Sadiq Yusuf because he's again more well-rounded in this case. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't. I don't think I have many other thoughts besides what you guys said, like I was kind of leaning towards the stuff uh, Dave was saying, even though it kind of feels, yeah, like it feels like it should lean more towards Sodiq. I was kind of thinking of the stuff Dave was saying about Barboza, but I think it's like hard to call. Did you guys have any, uh, any other thoughts on that fight? Well, I thought one thing, I thought uh, Sadiq Yusuf kind of actually fights a lot like Shane Burgos, except mm. uh, um, Sadiq uses a lot more leg, leg kicks than Shane and Burgos does. But, I mean, if the fight plays out like that, Edson had the cleaning, cleaner, more powerful striking the whole fight. And um, I think even though he's older, he will have the uh, more powerful, cleaner striking. And uh, Sadiq tends to get hit. He tends to get rocked. He does get dropped. And I don't think he's fought anyone that can crack like Edson. Um, if it does go to the ground, like you were asking, I see mostly just uh, Sadiq happening to get on top and trying to get some ground and pound and uh, mostly maintaining position or advancing position and like some ground and pound, but not really working for a sub. I think mostly he only subs when someone's really hurt or he happens to like snatch onto a neck uh, from like a standing position. Okay. Uh, did, did you have anything, Austin? Anything else on this fight? Uh, this fight does nothing for them. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> fun. As fun as it's going to be, it's like, it's just, it's going to move one up slightly in the rankings. Um, and that's about it. And then the rest of the division is like, it's a, it's very deep in talent now. And now it might not even matter because Volkanovski, um, this might end up working in their favor if well, it, we'll leave that in, in later. But the top of the division is looking <laughs> kind of, uh, a little all over the place right now. So at this point, this could be a very uh, beforehand. If what we learned this past uh, couple of days, 
this fight may have not mattered. Mm-hmm. Now this fight definitely has more meaning to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think we can move on to the next fight. Um, Jennifer Maya versus Vivian Arujo, or I don't know if that's how you say it. Araujo, Arujo. Araujo. Araujo. That's how it's done right there. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not even Brazilian. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I, I couldn't find much to be interested in with this fight, but I also didn't watch any tape or anything. Um, but I don't know, Maya, I usually find is pretty fun whenever I watch her fight. Um, that, that's about my thoughts on it. I forget who I went to first. Uh, so let's go to Dave first for this one. I, I like this fight. Um. I think this is actually kind of a setup fight for Jennifer Maya, um, Vivian, uh, or Vivani. What is it again? Vivian? Vivian or Vivian, maybe? Or maybe Viviani. Viviana? I don't know. Arroja. Arroja. You got to roll the She's on a two-fight losing skid. Maya's on a two-fight winning streak. Or... Not really a streak, but she won her last two fights. Um, I thought she actually has been... Like, I was always kind of hard on her, and I thought she's actually been improving and looking better and more aggressive in her recent fights. And um, I think this is just a good matchup for her. should be a fairly dominant win, and um, could be a fun fight. Uh, I don't think they have very many um, opponents in common, except uh, Jennifer Maya beat Jessica I and... Uh, Vivian uh, lost to Jessica I. Uh, one thing I noticed is they both are decision machines with, uh, I think, the last five or six fights all being decisions. So uh, if you bet over two and a half, it's probably a pretty good way to go. Ooh. That's about all I got, though. I, I think it's kind of a setup fight for Jennifer Mine. She's been looking better, and uh, Vivian uh, kind of isn't that great. So I expect kind of a one sided <laughs> beatdown. <laughs> all right austin all right well i'm not impressed by maya just because she's kind of one-dimensional in how she she's either trying to box you which she's not the best at or she's trying to grapple you in which case she's leaning on you she's using her size she's going to try to take you down to the mat and then stay on top of you and look for a quick submission because that's her bread and butter um She's naturally durable, and she doesn't take a whole lot of damage. She doesn't wear a whole lot of damage either. And um, she's just she's a hard person to get out of there to begin with. And if you're looking at her fight style, it's predictable. But that doesn't mean that she can't catch you on, a, on, on the right night. Uh, whereas Adarujo is pretty much that person that literally shows up with the same game plan. I'm either going to brawl with you. Or I'm gonna find a way to maybe maybe use my jujitsu. Maybe I don't know. If I feel like it, I'll probably use it. Kind of thing. <laughs> Where she's just she's not like the best fighter, like Dave said. But she just lost to um, Grasso, and then just recently to uh, Rebos. Which you know that's a whole thing with the division is that these women are able to pretty much beat each other on any given night. And as we just saw with the top of the division, it's like now it's, 
they're all trying to find their way back into title contention. And um, Maya's, I think, I think Dave is right. This is probably a setup fight for uh, Maya, but I wouldn't call it so much a an easy setup fight. This is, hey, if she's she gets another win, she'll probably need one more before she fights for the title again. And I mean, it's not too hard to do. She gets past a Arujo here. She's probably got one more win to date to take care of and there's plenty of women in this division that are looking for a fight in any given week so we'll see we'll see it should be an interesting fight i'm gonna lean maya on this one but it, it, it should be a a very competitive fight regardless okay yeah that's interesting um let's uh let's go to the next fight which i am very interested in the a uh, bantamweight bef- between Jonathan Martinez and Adrian uh, Yanez. Um, Yanez. Yanez. Yeah, Yanez. Although he didn't demand anyone say that, but that is the correct way to say it. I'm probably yeah. going to say Yanez. <laughs> oh, no. Um, is, the UFC doesn't say Yanez, do they? He, he just made a video about it, though. Ooh, yeah, he, is he Yanez now? Is he yeah. a destiny-ing us? Yeah. I think he actually brought up that reference in that video where he addressed it. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like, Luke did a victory lap. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Luke did that interview like a year ago, and Yanez or Yanez said that. Well, I but... think this was a new one. Yeah, but this was, it was like a year ago, and Adrian Yanez didn't want us to... He was like, nah, everyone screws it up. And then Luke was like, no, I demand you tell me the right way to say it. And then he said, Yanez. And now, okay. thanks to Luke, we're all going to have to say Yanez now, maybe. That is Sonia. I'll wait to see what they say on on the the broadcast. <laughs> oh, um, Leave it in the hands of the Apex broadcast booth. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll say whatever DC says. <laughs> That's as far as I'll go. That's a great idea. Yeah, DC. Oh. oh no. If it's John Anik saying okay, oh, I'll 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 follow John Anik. I don't trust DC on this. Yeah, side. I'm joking about DC. He's uh, very bad at saying people's names. I'm cutting that out, so it just looks like he said DC. Oh my god. Um. All right, so I don't know. I have like a lot of notes on this fight. Maybe I'll just say like a couple things and then yeah, lead, lead add... in, yeah, lead into it, and then we'll follow your lead. Um, I guess I'll just say some of the some of the basic things I wrote down that Yan Yanez or Yanez is a black belt in BJJ. Uh, Jonathan Martinez is a blue belt. Apparently, if I wrote that down correctly. Um, now I'm second guessing it, and you know you never know if their black belt status is like actually accurate to how good they are at like defensive BJJ and stuff like that. So it's not always that relevant, anyways. Um, Martinez is a southpaw, um, and Yanez is orthodox. Um, I don't think like being a Martinez being a southpaw is going to be a huge negative. For Yanez, because he just beat Davy Grant, who is also, I believe, a Southpaw. Um, or maybe it was Tony Kelly. It was someone, someone was a Southpaw. Um, Tony Kelly, yeah, sorry. 
Um, sorry, now I lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, the my the one thing I have I have like a whole page of notes on this. Um but I was wondering looking at I guess this is a good fight because they're both like good looking prospects, but their records are quite spotty if you look at all the guys they've beat. Like I think the best guys are like Tony Kelly and Davy Grant, and I don't even think they're really that good. Um They've beat a bunch of guys who are now, like, kicked out of the UFC. Um, I don't know. Cub Swanson, so, uh, Vince Morales, like, uh, Jonathan oh, Martinez has some good wins. Yes, yes, that's that's right. Yeah, I think Martinez's record was a bit better than Yanez's. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, let's, what are, what are you thinking about this, uh, Austin? Yes. Uh, hmm. Martinez definitely has the uh, like the stronger strength of schedule. And um, going into this fight, Yanez is coming off of a loss to Rob Font and hasn't fought, you know, since that loss, which is probably a good thing. So it's been a while since his last uh, actual outing, and this is a this is a difficult fight for him to come back to. Martinez is on a run. Um, I mean. He's handled a lot of these guys that were in this division that have been names. I mean, granted, the Cub Swanson one was a little weird, uh, primarily just because Cub was trying to do the bantamweight thing, even though he's primarily a featherweight and he's older in his career. So probably wasn't the best option for him, but it, nonetheless, he tried. He was competitive for the first round and then just couldn't keep up with the leg damage and just, you know, was getting worn down b- before he could even, you know, get a chance to get going. Um, It'd be interesting to see how Yanez looks coming back into this. We all had a, a lot of hope, a lot of hype behind him, and uh, put all of that shit to sleep, <laughs> quite literally. And um, I'm I'm hoping Yanez comes back and looks not improved, but looks like he you know he's working on a couple of things defensively because he does need a little bit of more strikes than I would like him to see. Uh, Martinez hasn't necessarily taken a whole lot of damage in his career, so I'm imagining he's, you know, able to stay on that same path and, you know, trek that he's been on as of late, just putting wins together and, you know, beating his opponents fairly, you know, convincingly. However, I'm, I'm hope I'm going to be leaning on Yanez just because I think his striking is a little bit better. Not too great, but... The guy who's going to be more um, possibly, you know, favored in this fight, and I think they should, is probably going to be Martinez. And Martinez is is a little bit more dangerous at this point. Yeah. Um, what What are you thinking, Dave? I think I really like this fight. I think it's a good fight for Jonathan Martinez. Uh, I expect him to probably go in there and kind of smash Giannis. Um, I was going through Giannis's uh, record, and uh, it's not that great. Um, I think this fight might end up looking like a, a decent MMA boxer versus a, a decent MMA Muay Thai guy, where it's like Giannis mostly relies on his hands and his uh, boxing. It's very little kicks, where uh, 
Um, Martinez fights a lot like his teammate, uh, Chris Gutierrez, with the leg kicks, uh, really nasty body kicks. Uh, I think he probably hits harder. Um, I mean, Giannis, he, like uh, Austin was saying, he eats a lot of punches. Um, like, Randy Costa was beating the shit out of him in the first round of their fight before he ended up finishing Costa in the second round. And his wins after that aren't really that great. Um, I think it's just kind of a good, it's a good stylistic matchup matchup for Jonathan Martinez with all his weapons and just how, like, his kicks are powerful at that weight class and they're fast in the land. And his strike, like, his punches are good. And uh, Giannis is going to mostly bring his hands with little head movement. And I think it's just a uh, bad matchup stylistically. And, uh, Jonathan Martinez will pro- he'll probably stop him in round two. Yeah, I kind of that's like very similar to what I was uh, thinking because I I was at first really leaning to Yanez because I feel like his striking just like looks way sharper. But that's what I was noticing too with Martinez is he uses his kicks a lot and he has like a nice left kick, like a left body kick. Um, those leg kicks, like, um, actually, I think a week apart, him and Chris Gutierrez both did, uh, leg kick, uh, KOs, or, I might be, no, it was, it wasn't a week apart, but, um, they both have, like, a leg kick TKO, which is pretty rare, um, and the other thing I was noticing in one of, uh, Martinez's fights was he did, like, a nice knee, like a, I don't know if it was a jumping knee or not, but he is quite a bit taller than Jan is, so I think that could come into play as well. Um, yeah. I. It just... just seems like it might be a little bit of the, like, boxer versus Muay Thai thing, where the... all the kicks might, might fuck up Jan is a bit. Um, and then I was also... Like, I don't know, to me being KO'd in April, like, lots of people are fine with that, but I am always a little worried when it's, when it hasn't been, like, more than six months yet. I don't think that's, or maybe it's exactly six months. Um, but that can be soon, depending like, how hard you were rocked or whatever. Um, I don't know. I think you guys kind of touched on all the things I was thinking on about that fight. Did any Anything else come up with that fight for you guys that you wanted to touch on? Um, maybe one thing is this fight just kind of hurts me because I'm a big Giannis fan. Yeah. And, you know, when I started going through, like, I, I was watching his fights and uh, him taking a lot of damage and shit and him just not, maybe not being what I thought he was or as complete as I thought he was. Like, you said he might have a higher belt than uh, Jonathan Martinez, but... Uh, I actually expect if it goes to the ground, Martinez will be better in the scrambles. Yeah. And, I was uh, almost wondering if I misread that, uh, but... And their strength of schedule is so much different, and Jonathan Martinez has been winning those fights. and uh, So it just sucks, because I love Giannis, and I think he's a cool dude. And, um, you know, I just think uh, as a fighter, he might not be what I thought he was. And uh, I hate to see him lose, but I think that's what's going to happen. All right. <laughs> And that wraps it up for Yana's versus Martinez. It was all very smooth and nothing weird happened during the recording. That's for sure.
Um, <laughs> so, Andre Petrosky and Michelle Pereira at middleweight. Uh, I kind of think it's a stupid, a stupid fight because I think Andre Petrosky is stupid, and oh he he has stupid hair. Um, thoughts, Austin? Why do you hate this man? He's as American as apple pie. With a name like Andre Petrosky. Is he American? (laughs) He's 100% American. Oh, that's hilarious. Yes. Um, He has a sickle and uh, the hammer on his side. But he's like a proud American. It's hilarious. But neither here nor there. The man has a really basic wrestling game. uh, A basic boxing game. He's an athlete. He's explosive. Think of like Cody Garbrandt, but slower, bigger, and uh, not as good. So, like prime Cody Garbrandt, not Cody Garbrandt we see now. So, definitely a guy who has the abilities, but doesn't really put them together, nor does he have enough experience at the level that would require him to be an actual athlete. So, he's kind (laughs) of like getting away with a little bit of uh, athleticism at this point. And he seemed to struggle with Gerald Mershart in his last fight, so I'm not too confident that he may be able to pull out a win in this one, but it'd be interesting to see him do it, especially as he's fighting someone in Michelle Pereira who was struggling to make welterweight and now is uh, fighting at middleweight, a weight class he should have been in this entire time. So um, it's a battle of mediocre athlete versus acrobatic an actual like acrobatic <laughs> athlete so i i don't know what to expect with this one to be honest this is gonna be weird it's gonna be hella weird okay my <laughs> my thoughts are if he's like a a slower co- cody Gro- garbrandt he's like the slowest card wait why can't i say this he <laughs> he's he's <laughs> like cody garbrandt is like the fastest man alive and this guy was like like slower than Gerald Mearshart, and I don't think Gerald is very fast. So like, uh, like he he like looked fake athletic, but it was like <laughs> he was so slow, and it's like he was just like throwing these shitty full pu- full power punches, and like Gerald Mearshart was Shart was just like, look at me, I'm like dodging like I'm Kelvin Gastelum fighting Israel Adesanya, but like. He's just dodging a really slow man. <laughs> and <laughs> like he like I think he lands like one punch versus Gerald. And I was like, this is so stupid. There the the only reason I thought maybe Michelle would lose is because I was picturing him as a tiny welterweight welterweight. But I forgot that he's actually an enormous welterweight. And I'm yeah. guessing he'll look faster than Andre Petrosky and I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll look really stupid after this, but I feel like Andre Petrosky will look like shit versus Pereira. That those are my thoughts. <laughs> I'd say it's a weird fight to begin with. Like it's such a weird pairing. And yeah. on top of it, like this is his introduction into the division after missing weights terribly against Wonder Boy. <laughs> like we couldn't have given him another welterweight that was going up like Phil Rowe. Both of them 
had missed weight and Phil Rowe had missed weight multiple times and now is probably going to need to fight at middleweight in order to stay in the division. Like we couldn't give our, uh, we could have given Petrovsky anybody else in the division on a win or at least a couple, like, you know, a win or two, or even like a, just coming off of a win and has a name, but now <laughs> yeah. we're giving, we're giving him Michelle Pereira, the acrobatic killer that may just gas out before he actually fights you. That is true. Yeah. yeah, I I I wrote fucking retarded fight in my notes and I wrote this <laughs> this guy we're supposed to get excited about question mark. So that's that's what I wanted to say. What what about, <laughs> what about you, Dave? Well, first of all, I don't appreciate the Andre Petrovsky slander. He's a hero. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> he's an american hero (laughs) he is like there was some guy like exposing himself and like manipulating himself in public and he stopped him and did a citizen's arrest or something so uh he's a hero he is that's fair yeah i think he's kind of big at 185 i think he's got some solid wins like uh Gerald Mearshart, like he's actually, that's actually a good win to have. I think he's underrated. Uh, Wellington Terman is a good win. Uh, Nick Maximov is actually a good win, in my opinion. Uh, Nick had been looking better before the UFC cut him. Uh, I don't know what to expect out of Pereira coming up to 185. Um, I think he, he might actually look undersized in this fight, but. Uh, I don't know. His cardio might be better. Uh, he's always been kind of heavy welterweight. So I guess, you know, it's time to go to 185. Uh, this might be a dumb matchup, but I just don't know what else. Like, what do you do with uh, Pereira at 185? <laughs> not this asshole. I mean, this hero. This hero. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do save. with him if not this guy? Good save. Thank you. Um, I, the way I looked at it was like it's a weird matchup, just his style wise. Like, like I, it, I, I don't want to see him fighting like a one seventy guy coming up. I want to see him against a real middleweight. Like, if he's gonna do it, do it. Then why not? Pa- uh, well, I mean, if you're gonna do it, I guess this is a matchup for it. But like, he has a win streak at welterweight, five wins in a row, right? So what? What the hell are we doing with this? Like, this means nothing now. It's like he's starting over, you know. Well, he I mean, missed granted, weight against Thompson, and the fight got canceled. Well, th- and I he know did that. look great in his last what, fight what, against Thompson He still won. Yeah. The problem, the problem I have with this is like, if okay, well, both men are are on win streaks, right? Both men are not necessarily the best, and had had a lot of hype at one point. Um, I remember Prochowski had a lot of hype going into the Ultimate Fighter, not out of that like the ultimate fighter um i remember uh pereira, uh michelle pereira basically just was this like random sideshow you see on have you seen this shit or you know Caposa highlights or something like that and then he's all of a sudden inside the ufc and it's like oh damn this guy's a thing and then he wasn't and then changed his style and they became a decent like decision guy and now he misses weight and it's like all right well now you're automatically in the middleweight division all right well fuck me i guess 
So yeah, I'm I'm interested to see it. Uh, to me, it feels like these guys are terrible matchups just for each other. Like yeah. <laughs> this, yeah, like, like the acrobatic athlete versus the pretend really like basic athlete. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know what to make of it. It's just weird. It's a weird matchup. I don't know. I think that's what I was thinking. Like, I was like, why? Like, I feel like I want to see them both against a normal person or something. I guess Andre Petrosky has probably fought normal people. But it feels like I want to see Michelle against a normal middleweight, I guess. But I don't know. I guess this will test how he does at middleweight. I feel like if he can beat Petrosky, then, you know... He can be at middleweight, maybe. Not that Petrosky's anything good, but I, I guess because Michelle does his like stupid acrobatics. If um, because you know Petrosky to me looks really slow. So if he lands something on Michelle while Michelle's doing something stupid, then I guess I guess that's like why it's weird to see them because it's like. I feel like Michelle should win, but Petrosky could like be throwing something real slow at max power while Michelle is doing something and then just get caught, you know, (laughs) doing some spinning, jumping side flip or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The momentum's still the same. (laughs) It lands all the same. I like that take though. Cause I I think it's a good point. Like if, uh, Pereira looks good in this fight. I think, you know, Petrosky is on a win streak, so that's kind of a, uh, if he looks good over a legit crap middleweight, then uh, yeah, still looking good over that. But I do see, like, uh, Petrosky possibly doing something stupid, like you mentioned, too, or Pereira doing something stupid, and maybe they'll both happen at the same time and it'll work out, like... <laughs> the double I'm still knockout. salty about the... Um, Nico Price fight where he like did the backflip and like landed on his head, and then uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's like head kicking that. a down opponent. That's like stomping a down opponent in the head, and the ref just yeah. gave him full mount out of it. So yeah. I'm still kind of not thrilled about that, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so are you guys leaning uh, Pereira? I'm leaning Petrosky. Ye- oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm leaning Pereira. I wrote, like, he should win unless he does something stupid and gets caught. That was my analysis. Yeah, I was leaning uh, Petrosky just because he's an actual middleweight and he's got, like, a little run going. Yeah. But now that you say that, I kind of remember him being so really slow, like, stupid slow. And uh, even if Pereira's really fucking around, he should be able to crack him multiple times during that, so... Yeah, but Pereira doesn't like to get hit in the face, especially by bigger people. So that's true. He usually has faced much smaller people than himself. Even when he faced uh, what's his name? Nico William Price. Oh, Chaos William. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Chaos Williams and Chaos was still smaller than him. A lot yeah. of the welterweights that he had faced were smaller than him. Now he's facing someone who's probably going to be bigger than him. That's a good point. I think he's so slow, though. Unless like he gets really tired, he should be able to avoid a lot. Well, of it. his his second, his first base is to kind of act like he can throw hands at will, even though he's yeah. got slower hands. His power is still there. The problem is, is that he actually has a decent wrestling base. 
enough to take on most middleweights. So yeah, he if he needs to, he can rely on it. Wait, you mean Petrosky I, I, or Pereira? Yeah, Petrosky. Okay. But like thinking about Pereira, I think he has uh, you know, good footwork and can move lateral both ways along the cage pretty good. And, you know, now that Len mentions it, like, wasn't this dude, like, shockingly slow? Like, he was I... slow. I didn't think he was super slow. I mean, it might have just been the fact that, you know, Gerald Mushart was having a second wind at the end of that fight. So I think that was the other thing is that he was it was a lot like he gassed. He gassed. I think that's yeah. the thing is that I don't mm-hmm. think Pereira is going to gas at middleweight. So if Petrovsky can't rely on his at like his size and strength in his uh, wrestling skills, it's probably not going to be a good night for him. Um, yeah. I think uh, with Pereira's movement, another thing about it, I think I'm leaning towards him just because I don't think Petrovsky uh, will be able to get off much. My, oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, man, man, that sounds about right. <laughs> the the thing with the Mearshart fight is I kind of am not even sure Petrosky should have won it. Like, I thought Petrosky <laughs> looked slow in the beginning. And like the commentators, they were like, whoa, look at the look at those hits. And I kept like rewinding and looking in slow motion. And I was like, I don't think Petrosky is landing anything. I, I maybe because I, maybe I'm like bad at seeing this so maybe he is but it just looked like Gerald was just dodging everything and I'm kind of not even convinced uh, Petrosky should have won that fight I think that I don't know <laughs> he, got, he got him in the in the third so it's like at the end it was literally the end of the round where he like I think he, he landed like a good hard punch and then it was after that flurry that they were throwing yeah. at each other yeah so yeah, Petrosky, I think you're right. He did land. Yeah. yeah, I think you are right. He landed a few things. That's and true. Petrosky, Petrosky welcomed that kind of a fight to begin with because he's like, all right, well, I'm not going to be able to just knock out this guy, which is kind of telling because if you can't like sit, you know, Jaron Mushar on his ass, you know, and he, he dropped him once or twice in the fight. But the problem was, is that he couldn't finish him because Petrosky not that well rounded. So, yeah, it, it just comes down to whether or not Petrosky can pull out a win with his semi-athleticism with his basic wrestling skills and his strength and being a natural middleweight, whereas this is Pereira's first fight in the UFC at middleweight. So there's a lot of um, wiggle room for errors here. Um, Just to bring it up, uh, the media did, like, 13 out of 15 media did score that for Petrovsky, but that might not be worth anything because sometimes they suck at scoring. Lem is just (laughs) anti- Mr. Uh, Petrosky right now. And it's, she has her anti-goggles uh, for Petrosky, so it's fine. It's fine. It's yeah, okay. I, I could be out to lunch. I did I did look at that on the Petrosky fight, and I'm like, well, all the media thought Petrosky won, so maybe I'm wrong on this. No, um, he did look relatively, like, ridiculously slow. Okay. In that third round, so it's like, yeah, he, it went from, like, oh, damn, he was he was kind of going after him, and then, like, uh, 30 seconds later, he was like dead tired. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, I, I can understand your take on this one. Yeah, and it's it's just so like, I feel like I would just not bet on this fight because it's just so weird. And it's like Michelle is theoretically better, but he still like does stupid shit anyways and like could gas himself out before the fight or something. And or he could be doing weird shit. And that would, you know, 
Petrovsky could catch him. I don't know. Yeah. All the stuff we covered, it's just like very weird and hard to pick, I think. Put the money on the split decision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I'm leaning Petrovsky, but I would say if it's gonna if he's gonna win, it's gonna be a, some kind of a questionable split decision. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh I'm picking God. Pereira, but yeah, I don't feel that confident about it. No, nah, this one's gonna be weird. This one's gonna be weird as hell. <laughs> Did you I have think anything? Don't bet on this fight is the right call to make. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. fair. That's fair. I'll be honest. That's kind. Of, that's fair. Um. Okay. Oh, the next fight. Is uh, at flyweight at flyweight Edgar Charez versus Daniel Lacerda, also known as Daniel Da Silva. Uh, Daniel, I think Daniel Lacerda is from the blonde Charles Oliveira camp. I think, or maybe he's shoot just box. blonde. Yeah, yeah shoot a box. Yeah, but he, unlike a lot of them, kind of doesn't he look like shit? Or is that <laughs> <laughs> is that just me? <laughs> No, <laughs> I think Dave should take the lead on this one. <laughs> okay. Oh, Dave's Dave's muted. Maybe maybe he needs. Um, oh, are you ready to take the lead on this? <laughs> yeah, I don't know much about this guy. Um, if he is from uh, Charles's camp, he's not like the rest of them. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he lost his contender series fight. He had two wins uh, outside the UFC. And then they brought him back, and he uh, lost to uh, some guy, Tetsuro Tara, or something. Um, that's a that's a tough win or fight. To Wait, did with, he so. lose his contender yeah, he lost series? That one. Oh, yeah. I wonder if his record is screwy because of his different names or something. I don't see that on on his sure dog record. Anyways, continue. Uh, Daniel Lacerda is uh, 0-4 in the UFC. Um, he's pretty Oh, sorry, terrible. you meant Shirez is... is um, Shirez lost on the Contender Series. Okay. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, Shirez he's... lost on the Contender Series, and he has uh, two... Then uh, he didn't get a contract. He got two wins outside of the UFC. And then they brought him into the UFC, and he lost to... Um, Tetsuro Tyro. Yeah. And then this is his next fight. And uh, Daniel Lacerda is 0-4 in the UFC. He's uh, pretty terrible, I think, to be... I mean, he's got that fighting spirit, and he's a pretty good actor. But (laughs) 0-4, it's like, why are these guys even still in the UFC at 0-4? Like, him and Blood Diamond are going for the 0-4. Yeah, yeah, I I think it's because Flyweight is... Is not very deep. It's a shallow division, so they're like, ah, we kind of need the bodies, anyways. Plus, if mm. you remember, this is the same guy who nearly killed CJ Vergara, uh, <laughs> the man who ran in a circle <laughs> after he was hurt, and Lacerda <laughs> literally couldn't finish him. Ended up actually getting hurt and taken down himself and finished after <laughs> after chasing a man. In a circle, and could not finish him. You don't understand. This... You're not appreciating the fight IQ that he used there. That's like some fucking. No, I, I agree. I shit. agree. I just found it hilarious that this man has had a terrible run in the UFC. He is still here yeah. inside the UFC, and it's going to be hilarious because this last fight, he should have been submitted. 
granted, yeah. and I'm gonna I'm gonna drop in a little hotbed here. I thought he was out. I thought Tony made the right call. I don't think it mattered. I think he was gonna be out anyways, and it should be a win for Edgar Chires. It's that's that's it. Like he was I'm pretty sure he was out. Like you don't just drop your hand for no reason. Even if he, he, he did check out. him. Just shut this is just my turn. Uh, he <laughs> he had literally dropped his hand. He had shaken his hand before. He had checked him, asked him if he was okay. And he honestly thought he was out. That's what you're supposed to do as a ref. If you believe the fighter is out, even if it's the wrong call, you still commit to the call. Yeah. The, the ref did the right thing, even if it ended up not working out in the end. But the, the problem is, is that Lacerda, I think, and I believe you were the one that brought this up, Dave. So you thought that he did the uh, half Brazilian tap thing. No, he didn't do the half Brazilian tap. He did the, like, before the... Um fake like go unconscious he did like a fake he did it the brazilian tap but the ref didn't see it and it was a great stoppage by chris tione like i can't believe he they gaslit him into apologizing <laughs> like what was he supposed to do like the dude faked a limp arm like he went out like jones versus machita almost i, I mean when you see someone like <laughs> slump like and it was a fake slump he wasn't out but when you see someone's body out. just go limp like that yep, you have yep, to yep. <laughs> Wait, do, I mean, so do you think he was doing that e- Eon Qtalaba thing? Oh my god. Or no, was... I think he he was looking for a no contest or like looking for maybe the fight to get restarted because he's an idiot. But I don't know what he was doing, but I think he wanted out of the fight, but he thought, you know, I can Brazilian tap my way out of this. And when that didn't work, he's like, I'll take it up a level and I'll Brazilian paint my way out of this. Yeah. That's such a 4D chess move. If, if it is the thing that he was trying to do, no, seriously, I still, he didn't I, go out. He he would have been kind of fuzzy. Like he seriously totally went limp, and then when the rest stopped, he's like, "Oh, I don't know what's going on." I'm like, why? Well, like, Come I, on, dude. I, well, I mean, that's the thing. I think he legit went out, and no, he, he didn't go out. Dude, it was fake. It was no, it was fake. I well, I mean, if he did the Brazilian like fake tap, and then he goes limp armed and is pretending to be unconscious as he is getting like assisted by the ref here. The idea was that he was going to lose. And if it was a terrible call, like, cause the whole point was like Dominic Cruz made the point of, yeah, no, I've, I've been in that position. I've been choked. No, you don't know what the other guy's threshold was for getting a co- uh, coked on unco- uh, choked unconscious or even choked out. If he's going to tap or just get choked out, you may not pass out to that person. Yeah, but it's it, not, your body's not the same. None of our bodies are had, the same. We're not all going to go uh, sleep the same way. But you know he what I mean? still had to choke since Jan. So yeah, like, the, as soon as yeah. the ref touched him, he came. Like, as soon as the he ref still stopped had, the fight, he came too. Wait, what did you say? Like, he still had the choke? He, yeah, he like, had it in. Then, so, like, oh, yeah, the punch still would have been cut off. So he wouldn't have came back, too. Like, as soon as the ref touched him, like, the guy still had, like, separated them. He still had it locked. He wouldn't have just immediately came to. It would have taken, like, a second. Like, that was just total acting don't believe it i don't know i kind of take a i take things that dominic cruz says with like a a half a cup of salt (laughs) i think that's an interesting take that he could have been faking it um i think sometimes (laughs) fighters are out and they just like forget what happened and so they do just think they never went out because you like lose that memory uh my my take of that was it's like unrelated to whether he was out or not. I think that 
like the arm went limp, he should have like checked the arm again. Cause I didn't really think it necessarily went limp. I just thought his arm dropped. And it's like, he literally just checked his arm. So it's possible the fighter is like, okay, he literally just touched my hand. Like, I'm going to set my arm down now for whatever. Like, maybe he was about to maneuver something, but then instead he stopped the fight. Like, I, like your arm can be down, but lots of times people's arms are down and then a ref will, like, lift to see if it's, like, floppy or not. Or if it's, if they're just, like, their arm happens to be down. I think he should have checked again. Because it to me, it didn't really look like his arm went limp. It just looked like it dropped, where it's, like, Maybe it's limp, or maybe he just, like, dropped his arm because he was about to do something, whatever, positioning-wise with it. So that's what I think, is he should have just checked again and, like, taken an extra half second, then stopped the fight. That was my take on it. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I it, see where you're coming from. Like, I yeah. really thought that he did go limp. Like, to me, it did look like he go like he went limp. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't have complained if, you know, he took the extra time and went and checked the arm and he could have took the extra time. I mean, it's a blood choke. It's not like they're going to snap the limb or something like that. Um, I mean, yeah. from my perspective, it did look like he went out. So I'm not mad at the stoppage, but I'm not yeah. mad at the idea of uh, making an extra check in there, mandatory or something, you know? Yeah. I guess, like, blood chokes are, like... Um, I don't know, like, you'll lose, uh, I don't know, like, get brain damage or whatever pretty quickly, so you do have to stop it, uh, quick if it's a blood choke, but, so, I, you do, you do have a point, and it's, I feel like you're both kind of right, like, it was kind of fine to stop it, probably, just to be safe, I guess, and it's like, it looked like he was out kind of thing, um, so yeah, I think if he just like took an extra second to double check if his arm was limp or just down, it would be better. But I think you guys are also onto something where it like probably was just fine to stop the fight, whether he was acting or actually out. Yeah, because there's two ways to look at it. It's either we have the Machida situation where it doesn't look like he's out, mm-hmm. but he's still pushed up against the cage and then the minute that the ref calls it he falls anyway yeah it could be like he's out he we don't know how long he's out or how long he was out for or uh whether or not you know he was even conscious before the choke like pleadedly you know or competed uh or just you know put him out but the other option is is that it's the um oh uh michael chiesa versus um Oh, goodness. Uh, the gentleman who had... Uh, uh, Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee. When Kevin Lee applied a rear naked choke to Kevin Lee... Oh, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Kevin Lee applied a rear naked choke to Michael Chiesa, and Chiesa tried to do the thing where you puff up your chest and just breathe. Try not to fight it too hard, but you're just trying to find the ability to breathe so that you can calm yourself and then fight the hands eventually. Mm-hmm. Yamasaki stepped in and called it pretty much right as the choke was around his neck like he wasn't out but he had pretty much gotten the choke cinched up and kevin lee was declared the winner because yamasaki basically called it before um kiesa had actually suffered any damage or even been out like it it was literally just instant and kiesa was trying to kind of pretend that it wasn't bothering him so he was trying to stay limp or not limp but like stiff like you know just okay this chokes in i'm gonna try to control my breathing 
bad call when it looks like you're not defending yourself. So yeah, that's the, that's the other part of it is that like, well, he wasn't going to get out of that. I think at most points. So even if you call it, it's not ideal, but like that's when you can let it go a little longer. With same situation here, it's like he the minute he chest checks his arm, he checks it again. He doesn't respond. Okay, he calls the fight. Doesn't matter. He's either on the ground or he's complaining and he's kind of out of it regardless. Or he checks the arm again. The guy, you know, his arm goes limp and he checks it again, like you said, and he brings a hand up like he's fine. Okay, then we we figured it out, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same point, like how long does that last where he's actually shaking his hands like it's a thumbs up and now he's tapping? <laughs> you know <laughs> so it's like it, it, it's a it, it's a two-way streak and I, I both pretty much are you know there's no winning in it so it is yeah that's true Th- this fight wasn't am i combining this with last weekend's card where was it last no weekend's there card? was no cheat it was no che. There, there was one though where where someone would did like they looked like they were punching but they were like tapping but and then no, they that went was, out. Yeah, that, was, that was that was that was different. Okay. Yeah, that's that was last week. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> A lot um, of tapping got around here. Yeah. <laughs> All every type of tapping or non-tapping. Uh, was, <laughs> was there anything else about that fight? I don't know. I think probably the same guy will just win again. <laughs> yeah, Chiris should win this, oh. and he should win this by a choke in the same manner, just to prove a point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I would like to shout out the matchmakers for putting a guy who's 0-1 in the UFC against a guy that's 0-4-1 in the UFC on the main card. Like, great job, guys. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, uh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, the next fight, Bantamweight Cameron Simon versus Christian Rodriguez. Rodriguez. I have trouble saying Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Um, <laughs> um, yes. Let's see. I don't remember who I started with. It was too long ago. Uh, <laughs> Austin, what are your thoughts on this fight? Um, Cameron Simon is another South African, and um, you know them South Africans like to uh, fight. Um, no, that was Australian. I was doing there. Anywho, um, Cameron Simon is a prospect and he looks good. Um, I think he should handle Christian Rodriguez, but you know, every time we say that about a prospect, sometimes they get upset, just like uh, Yanez. Yanez. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so uh, it should be interesting to see. I mean, I'm not looking at Christian Rodriguez's profile and thinking that there's anything that stands out to me as of yet. I mean, Hell, his one win, I think, was against, his most recent win was against Rosas Jr. Yes. <laughs> so it's like that doesn't that doesn't prove anything to me. So it's like, oh my god, all right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I again, I think Simon should just be able to handle him. Um, Dave, thoughts? Um, I think pretty much the same thing. Uh, Simon is uh, undefeated. He just beat Terrence Mitchell, who I think is kind of good. Uh, Christian Rodriguez, his biggest win is, you know, Rosas Jr. He lost to Jonathan Pierce in the UFC. Um, yeah, basically, I don't know much about these guys, but <laughs> I expect Cameron to uh, 
continue the winning streak. I think this is a fight to help him continue that winning streak. My my only thought on these fights is that I think these might be like trying to tr- I don't know. I feel like their records are a bit deceiving. Um Cameron Sim- Simon um beat Ter- uh, Terrence Mitchell and I think Terrence Mitchell was who they put um Raul Rosas Jr against against but Terrence Mitchell the records of his opponents are all it's like shit ranging it's like 0 and 3 0 and 1 1 and 1 3 and 0 oh, 5 and 6 1 and 3 and like that's all the people he's fought um it can crush her yeah so i kind of think Terrence Mitchell is probably terrible and probably <laughs> everyone in Cameron Simon's record is terrible too. And I think they're just trying to like prop up a South African guy and be like, look, South Africa's cool, just like Drickus Duplessis or Duplessy, however you say it. I think they are from the same camp. Oh, are they? Okay. <laughs> I think that was the thing. I think that was the thing. If I'm not mistaken, I think him and Drickus Duplessis are from the same camp. Okay. I, I kind of um, think. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, CIT Performance Institute. Okay. Sound familiar? Oh yeah, Team CIT. It says on the on his sure dog page. So yeah, I think you're right. Um, uh, South Africans stick together. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of think they're trying to hype him up, but this Christian Rodriguez guy, he ended up. I think he was supposed to lose to Raul Rosas Jr. and he might be slightly better than people expected. Um yes. and so I think it he might just beat Cameron Simon and the whole Cameron Simon thing might just be kind of like those Bellator idiots from Connor's camp, you know, where they're like, look, it's a it's a guy and he's in the same camp as the other guy and everyone's supposed to be hyped, but he might just <laughs> be terrible. <laughs> Um, uh, so I'm kind of think I'm probably going to pick Christian Rodriguez on this. Cause I don't really trust Cameron Simon's record at all, but, uh, Christian Rodriguez also doesn't have like any great, op- any great opponents either. So he might, <laughs> he might be nearly as bad too. So who knows on this one? <laughs> it's a crapshoot. Yeah. <laughs> Any other thoughts? Know. Or sorry, go ahead. I think you might have sold me on Christian Rodriguez. Um, I put a lot of stock in that Terrence Mitchell win, but um, I didn't look at the. Uh, I got him confused with another fighter. Yeah, I think they might even. I don't know. I'm 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 always conspiracy minded, but I think they're trying. They're like intentionally trying to get people to confuse Terrence uh, Mitchell with Terrence McKinney and Terrence McKinney. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I was like, whoa, you've got one over that guy. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> that, no, I, I I think it's more of like, oh no, he comes from the same case Deepa C. Uh the UFC knows how to hype up area guys from the same gym, so it's easier. Uh package. Uh I'm training in South Africa. I'm a real African. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I just think it's funny because they just like they, they know how to promote uh, guys who are, you know, very um, one aspect. I know how to fight and I know how to fight with the attitude. 
So I yeah. think Simon kind of fits that mold a little bit. And I, I don't know how good he is, but I think this should be a good test for him considering one guy has already ruined a hype job. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, this is about my, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. And, and maybe the UFC is like matchmaking it where they're like, they think whatever Simon's strengths are match up with Chris, Christian Rodriguez's uh, weaknesses. So maybe they're like trying to get him a win. So maybe he's just, it's like a matchmaking thing. And maybe he will win because of that. But I don't know. <laughs> it's probably. I mean, one, yeah. So I can only help. <laughs> yeah. But I'm. That's probably. We've probably spent more time than necessary on that fight. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next one on the. So this is now onto the prelims. Uh, so there's a featherweight fight between Darren Elkins and TJ Brown. Um. Dave, I think I don't remember who I. I yeah, Dave. No, that's that's what are, that's yeah, that's, that's right. Correct. That's right. Okay, <laughs> Dave, what are your thoughts? Um, I think this is a fun fight. Uh, Darren uh, Damage Elkins is always fun. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, he's always good for even in, like a win or a loss. He always brings a good fight, and he's just there to scrap. Um, T.J. Brown, he's been kind of up and down a little bit. I think his best win is uh, Charles Rosa, which is actually a good win. But I think he's coming off a loss to Bill Algio, which, uh, yeah. I mean, Algio's decent, so that's not the worst thing. But I think uh, Damage has had a much stronger strength of schedule, and I like uh, his fight style and uh, his durability and his uh, fight experience to help push him to the victory. Austin, what are your thoughts? <laughs> well, I mean, he just got mollywhopped by Jonathan Pearson, and he also got mollywhopped by Cub Swanson, and then he uh, gets a win in between those by, uh, uh, I think, uh, Cal, uh, Conley? Tri- and- yeah. Tristan Conley? Yeah. 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 That's the guy that beat Michelle Pereira. Oh. Yep. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a weird one. Darren Elkins has a weird career. Um, huh. You know, I, I'm just looking at him and thinking, like, do you, do you want to keep fighting? <laughs> do, yeah. You don't have to. You don't have to. <laughs> but, I mean, if he's going to keep doing it, I mean, might as well against, like, a young guy like this, right? Yeah. I mean, this is a winnable fight for him. If you're going to lead on anybody with experience in a fight like this against a young gun who's not that great, but, you know, still trying to learn his uh, style, I think uh, Elkins is that guy. And realistically, Elkins should be able to handle this kid. Not, you know, finish him maybe, but, you know, get a good, hard decision, take a lot of damage, as is his name, end up with blood all over the mat and on his face and a bunch of cuts and possibly a broken arm, but he'll still get the win. I don't think this is anything that he can't handle. Yeah, I didn't really have many thoughts. Yeah, my only thoughts on this fight are that TJ Brown has a blonde mullet and he loves fighting. He 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 was so happy. I think whatever fight I watched, he was like having the time of his life against Bill Algio. And then he got submitted and then he was kind of like talking Bill Algio's ear off after the fight. And I always think that's fun when fighters like love fighting. So... (laughs) I, I'm like looking forward to it, but I don't really have any thoughts beyond what you guys said. No other thoughts on that one, right? No. 
Not okay. really, but I kind of like what you said about T.J. Brown there. That's kind of a fun trait for fighters to have. I'm kind of questioning my pick now. Like, <laughs> oh, my God, Dave. <laughs> Boy, I don't, I don't know. Take... I mean, he did lose. He had the time of his life against Bill Algio, but he did lose. So, you know. I think that's a, I he, think that's a terrible trait. <laughs> yeah. He, he will have fun fighting, but it doesn't yeah. mean he's going to win, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is I may have, This is true. <laughs> I may have. I forget who I picked. I think I may have picked him because Darren Elkins is old, and I thought TJ had a lot of like energy. So I don't know. That seemed like a good trade against an old guy, but I'm not too sure on that one. Oh yeah, no. This is this is one of those ones where it's like, yeah, the young gun's gonna have energy for days, but he's not gonna know what to do with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yep. let's see. So, okay, the next one. Do you guys have anything to say about women's bantam white weight fight? Tynera Lisboa versus Ravina Oliveira. Um. Nah. <laughs> no. Um, nah. Me at like six a.m. or whatever, staying up, analyzing fights. I wrote. Lock of the week next to Tynera Lisbon, but I don't really? know. I think hmm. I think this was all some MMA math where Ravina Oliveira um, has beat only cans and lost to two cans in her first few fights. But Tynera Lisbon has beat two real but bad people. They weren't cans, but they were bad. <laughs> So that's yeah. what my MMA math told me. But it is also uh, possible. Like, I don't think I watched any of their fights. So maybe if I did, it would become apparent that, like, one of them can wrestle in one can't or something. And so it's it's not a good lock of the week. I'm going to remove the whole <laughs> lock of the week angle on that. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, but yeah, their records are interesting. What weight class was that? 135. Bantamweight? Ooh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. What a disaster of a division. <laughs> yeah. Well, look at, look at, uh, she has a win over Jessica Rose Clark. In my book, that means something, I think. <laughs> I think she's the bad one that, uh, yeah. about. Yeah. Uh, she's one of the real, like, she's not a can, but she is kind of bad. <laughs> a I mean, non good. She has a Wikipedia page. Yeah, that, that is. <laughs> By definition, that means it's better. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I guess that one just just on its own. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's all I have on that fight. Um, <laughs> ooh. Uh, speaking of Terrence McKinney, uh, Terrence McKinney versus Brendan Marat. Except I don't know Brendan Marat. Do you guys? Uh, Austin, do you have thoughts on this fight? Uh, either Terrence McKinney crushes this dude, or we laugh at him for losing. <laughs> That's it. There's no other choice in this one, because like, either Terrence shows that he's actually a decent fighter, or he's going to lose to this guy, and it's going to be hilarious, because, I mean, I remember his debut. He knocked out... Um, oh, damn it. What was his name? Uh... Out of a uh, son of a bitch, uh, he just knocked out. Drew oh, Dober. Drew Dober. No, oh. he just 
No, the other one. <laughs> um. Oh, Matt Favola. Thank you. Yeah, Matt, the steamroller Favola. Thank you. <laughs> um, oh, he beat Matt Favola. What a good win. Yeah, that was his. That was his debut. He caught him Holy clean crap. right off the bat, and then uh, proceeded to celebrate. And then, in his celebration, jumped off the fence and injured both of his knees. Which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. Oh shit! I missed that. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, no, he jumped off the cage and immediately injured both of his knees, and it was hilarious because oh, I'm shit. like, yeah, you probably shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, even even Justin Gaethje would tell you, yeah, no, do that, even though he does it. But yeah, neither here <laughs> nor there. Um, Terrence McKinney has not looked that good since. And um, oh shit, he pulled the know. Johnny Walker. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much, Damn. yeah, and then um. This guy that he's fighting has pretty much like gotten finishes as well, but like I'm not mm-hmm. thinking anything other than note here. And realistically, they're both closer to the same size, but not the same weight. So if this is going to be at 155, Terrence McKinney needs to crush this dude. Otherwise, yeah. it's just going to be like, what are we doing here, Betty? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds about right. Dave? Um, I agree mostly with everything Austin said. Um, I do think uh, Terrence McKinney has, you know, he does have the potential to be good. His losses are all against pretty good people, or his recent losses, like Drew Dober is good. Yeah. Ishmael Bonfim is good. I think uh, Nazim Sadikov uh, might end up being good. So I'm not sure what to expect. The guy, this guy that's coming in might be good too. He's like nine mm-hmm. and one or. or was he eight and one? Yeah, eight and one. Yeah, you know, eight and one. Uh, he's coming from the regional scene. I don't know. Who knows what the fuck to expect? This guy's. Yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, he's coming yeah, in from a uh, combat zone. So, decent promotion, but you know, again, like there's UFC level, and then there's UFC prelims. I mean, the contender series is its own thing as well. Either Terrence McKinney flattens this guy within the first round or either new guy makes this competitive. And even then it's like, well, why, why is he making it competitive? Terrence McKinney has been in the UFC for a couple of fights now and has actually a full, he has at, he's got at 20 fights now at, at a bare minimum. Terrence McKinney should be a fighter who's capable of beating newcomers relatively, even if he's just taking a boring decision. So I don't well, know. I will I don't, say, like if God. this kid beats uh, Terrence McKinney, he might end up being pretty decent. So mm-hmm. maybe keep an eye on him if he does win. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I think that's yeah, that sounds about right. Um, the next fight, uh, I think this was as far as I got on the card, which is unfortunate because there's a good <laughs> fight after this. Um. I, I looked a little bit at this next woman's bantamweight fight. Uh, I noticed some important details. So there, one girl is named Irina Alexeva, and her nickname is Russian Ronda. Um, oh my god. <laughs> the other girl is Melissa Dixon. Uh, she she changed her names or her name at some point, but her nickname is No Mess. So those are some great nicknames. Um, did, did, did either of you have any thoughts on this fight? What does that mean? No mess. What the hell does that mean? I don't know. I was very excited that they both have some pretty stupid nicknames. Um, 
I don't have any thoughts except for uh, Russian Ronda has some wild ass hair. That's like looks kind of like that girl, uh, that Russian lady from Rocky Four. The uh... oh, the slick back. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like that. <laughs> a little more poofy. <laughs> yep. So I'll be looking forward to seeing that in the octagon. Yeah. Um, I think I might have watched a bit on one of these fights. And I think one of the girls may be unable to wrestle at all, but I can't remember, so... I think that's Russian Ronda. Okay, uh, yeah, I think I was like, ooh, she looks good, and then the other yeah. girl started wrestling her, and I was like, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> One-dimensional. Then I, then I yeah. was suddenly leaning towards no mess. <laughs> yeah. Um... Oh yeah, okay. actually the, the other girl kind of has no striking uh no no striking defense I wrote. So yeah, no maybe has no striking defense? I think so. At least that's what I wrote. I could be wrong on my my analysis after watching you know like I'm just gonna three take, minutes yeah, I'm gonna, of a round. I'm gonna take your I'm gonna take your word for it because God forbid that, you know, one person who can't wrestle to save her life is gonna fight somebody who can't defend to save her life. <laughs> This is gonna be yeah. great. Yeah, this is gonna be great. Sound... <laughs> this could be like a sloppy disaster fight, actually. That's yeah. Uh... <laughs> this could be one of the next best worst fights of the year. Um... Oh, don't put that people on it, Ricky Bobby. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> or it could just be a very bad fight and not not fun. So, um. I can't read my own writing. I had something else, but I don't know what it is. It's not worth uh, it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. This is this is clearly a shit fight that we shouldn't even be discussing, and the UFC probably shouldn't have on this card, but, you know. So, no. the second last fight, Bantamweight, uh, Chris Gutierrez versus Alatang... Haley, or actually maybe it's Haley Alatang. I don't know. Um, it's Gutier one word. It's Alatang Haley. Oh, Alatang Haley. Right. Okay. Um, you guys say that like actually pretty good. I was gonna garble that with like Alatang Haley. <laughs> uh, that's literally what I was gonna try to do because I just assumed I had to enunciate everything over the top. Um, Gutierrez is Mart Jonathan Martinez's teammate, right? Mm -hmm. and yeah, actually, yeah. I didn't look into this fight any further than that, except for I'm excited for Chris Gutierrez. Uh, Dave, I feel like Dave wants to go first for some reason on this fight. Um, I like this fight. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, Chris Gutierrez is uh, always fun to watch. Um, he's undefeated in the UFC, except for his last fight. <laughs> and uh like he did lose on the ultimate fighter finale but i'm not sure if that was exhibition or not. i guess that might have been a real fight it was a but real fight he hasn't lost since i guess you're uh, right November that's a... 30th 2018 until his most recent fight so that's like a five-year winning streak yeah unbeaten streak yeah he, he had an epic draw with cody durden oh that's right <laughs> But he's a fun fighter. He fights kind of a lot like Jonathan Martinez. I think he can fight switch stance more, but always brings the leg kicks. Uh, you know, and I think um, 
Ella Tang Haley is just uh, a much more basic striker. And uh, this is kind of like a highlight fight for Chris Gutierrez. I don't know why they buried it on the card so low. But... Yeah. I mean, I think uh, Ella Tang Haley's <laughs> best win is uh, Kevin Kroom, whom I'm not that familiar with, but... His name looks familiar. Oh, he was. This is the guy that was deducted a point for grabbing the uh, cage a bunch of times in round three. Oh. Uh, Ryan Benoit, he beat him. That's kind of a good win, but. Yeah, Benoit is. Yeah, this uh, is a kind of weird one. Gutierrez's only recent loss is to Pedro Munoz, who is really good and uh, underrated. Yeah, that's true. I think this is a. this should be another. This should be a showcase fight for Gutierrez. Hell yeah, Austin. Thoughts? No, no, <laughs> no. I'm I'm gonna tell you why right now. This is bullshit because Chris Gutierrez. Um, you know what? If we ever have that segment again, I'm out for your blood, motherfucker. I'm gonna call out Chris Gutierrez because fuck that dude. Um, because <laughs> the custody a, battle. You shut your mouth right now. Hold on. <laughs> uh, he is the kind of fighter that you have to press in order for his offense to be if, like uh, initiated. Mm. Only a counter fighter who, similar to Martinez, uh, literally likes to throw leg kicks first and doesn't really use his hands until he has to. Um, that being said, the... Chinese fighter is going to press forward first just because Chris Gutierrez is not going to press the action. He is going to circle on the fence and then counter strike. Open up with leg kicks and then occasionally look for a clinch with the knee in the middle or you know, a hard kick to the body and then look to maybe throw a one-two and then not engage after that. Disengage, ride the fence again and wait until his opponent comes after him. Chris Gutierrez is not a showcase fighter. This is not a matchup he would want unless the man is going to run headlong into him like he did for my idol, Frankie Edgar, which was a terrible matchup, and I will forever hold this against him, (laughs) and I will never forgive him, and fuck Chris Gutierrez, and I hope he loses, you cheap son of a bitch. This is for Frankie. (laughs) You gotta let go of that hate, man. No. No, it's not. I will forever hold this in my heart. I'll never forget Frankie. Um, I have an important. I will cheer actively if he loses. Is um, is Anthony Smith in the same gym as them, or is this is this fake? Montoya. Uh, they all show up in Factory X. Oh, I think it is Montoya because Montoya is the most annoying corner (laughs) of all time. And I was getting I was getting annoyed like listening to their fights because he'll be like. Nice job, Anthony. Nice job, Anthony. Jab, Anthony. And he was doing the same thing, but like with different names. And I was like, I have to get out of this fight. Oh, maybe they are in the same gym. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's the one where they literally Montoya fight. Is coach. Yeah, yeah, Mark Montoya. I think, is it that the one where they Brandon Royval dislocated his shoulder and they literally popped it back in? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I was like looking at the gym because I was like Gutierrez and uh, and what's his face, and then I saw Anthony Smith and Brandon Royval and also Alexander Hernandez, and I was like, do I love this gym? <laughs> uh, He's in Colorado, I think now. 
Because uh, Anthony Smith lives in Omaha and he's been going out to Colorado to train. Oh, he said. okay. Colorado gym. Okay. So this might be my favorite gym and I'd have to learn to live with in the hypothetical. I don't know. Someone was asking about your favorite gym or mm-hmm. if you had to do one gym for the rest of your life. Maybe I'd pick this gym and then I'd learn to to live with Montoya annoy, annoying me while he cornered me. You know, yeah. It looks like looks like a fun gym. Good job, Lem. Ooh, and Vince Michelle. Oh, and Vanessa Demopoulos. Good job, Vanessa. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you said Salal. What? It's in Inglewood. Inglewood, the gym. Okay. Uh Hmm. All right. Well, that's a side note. Uh. Any other thoughts on this fight? <laughs> I hope Chris loses. I hope Chris, I hope Chris wins. wins. No. <laughs> no. 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 I hate her, dude. No, you weren't there. You should Dave. be bad at the matchmakers, is who you should no. be bad at. That's no. true, I guess. I am. I'll still hold it against him, but he's the man who still did it. You mad at Sanhagen? Yes. Didn't someone else knock Frankie oh, out? Marlon Vera? Yeah, you yeah, met at Marlon. Marlon yeah, I never liked Marlon. <gasps> you hate everyone who beats... Wait, do you also hate uh, Max Holloway? Or are you okay since he didn't KO him? No, he didn't KO him. Yeah, he actually <gasps> was pretty reasonably nice. Do you hate Brian Ortega? I never liked Brian Ortega. Hell yeah. Korean All right. zombie? Korean zombie? I respected it because Korean zombie he- had to. That was a late stoppage, man. He fucking took years off he his did. life. He did. Frankie shouldn't have been fighting him on a week's notice after trying to make Bantamweight. Yeah. Oh, his stupid hair in that fight. That was the real problem. Yeah, that was that. That was the fro. The fro. Yeah. The Frankie fro? Yeah. yeah. I loved it. I'll <laughs> no, still love Frankie. I'll, no, I'll still love Frankie because he's the man who was the real Rocky in the UFC. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, you All know right. what I'm talking about, Dave. Let me have this. <laughs> You can have it. Thank you. He's going to win, though. Chris Gutierrez. No, he's not. No, he's not. Okay. I think he'll probably win. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> you know you know it's true. So it's not. It's not. It's not. It's just in our heads, and it's not on paper yet. It's just it's so, there in the aether. That's it. That is true. You guys are never allowed to win again? No, I just won't cheer for him. And I will hmm. cheer if he loses. <laughs> Damn, for the rest of their lives. Absolutely. And yeah, hating Marlo Vera, that's very interesting. No, I just think Marlo yeah. Vera is a dick. He's a dick. He grew on me once he faced Sean O'Malley, and then I realized Sean O'Malley is more of a dick than Cheeto, and I was impressed that that was possible. <laughs> and then since that time. <laughs> I've grown to like Marlon Vera and realize that he's cool. I think he's cool, but he might not be a great fighter. Well, he's one dimensional, so that's that doesn't help his case, but but it's the best dimension. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> god damn the best it! Dimension. Uh-huh. Oh my god! Interesting. All right. Do we have to talk about Ashley Yoder versus Emily Dakota at Women's Emily Strawweight? Emily Dakota, but whatever she decides no. to do. That's it. 
Emily Ducati. Oh, okay. So she yeah. is she some like amazing prospect, and the other girl is no. They're both terrible. Yeah, oh, they're both okay. terrible. One is more terrible than the other. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I was thinking maybe since it was woman's straw weight, they might be good, and I just didn't know about it. Ducati was a prospect at one point, but she just she seems to be losing to the same level of fighter on a regular basis, mm. and she can't seem to get over the hump. I think she's okay. still a decent. I think she could become a decent fighter at some point. I think it, you know, if she can't get a win over Ashley Yelder, uh, that says a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess that wraps up that card. Was there any random thoughts you had about this card at all, or is that about it? Uh. Um. <laughs> No, no, just uh, Terrence McKinney uh, bet the under, possibly. <laughs> mm. In that fight. That would be the only thing. And then uh, definitely bet against Chris Gutierrez. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, any, any follow-up thoughts on this card? Um, It's kind of a shit card. But when you tear into it, some of the matchups might be fun. Yeah. Like that. That ladies' fight on the uh, undercard might just be a complete disaster, and those are always <laughs> kind of fun to watch. That's and, true. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a few fighters on here that are almost always fun to watch. So, yeah, I think they got the, some of the bout order is real confusing. I don't know what they were doing, but yeah. I'll be tuning in for the whole thing. Just some fights, just some fights. The uh, yeah. CME podcast would say. <laughs> um, Six out of ten. <laughs> gymnastic score <laughs> uh, I'll say a 5 I'll say a 5 the best it could do it's a 5 mm. so now we move on to a mystery segment because I actually oh, don't know what we're doing next anyways <laughs> I think you guys wanted to discuss some things do you want to discuss the USADA thing oh here yeah. we go <laughs> <laughs> go ahead Dave go ahead well the UFC uh, I'm not entirely sure what happened like people online were saying that it was the uh, USADA that kind of parted ways with the UFC or made it sound like they were hard to work with and stuff but then when I researched it it looked like the UFC actually went to them and said they were going to go a different route uh, back a while ago and so mm-hmm. on you know, the deal is just coming to an end. Uh, I think they're going to handle it internally. Uh, hopefully it's better for, like, fighter whereabouts locations and they're not going there all hours. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a good thing. I think they will do a good job handling it internally. I, I don't think it'll actually be that much different, except for maybe uh, whereabouts and maybe a few other stipulations. But that's about all I got on that particular thing. It'll be interesting. I mean, I don't mind juicy fighters, so. Mm. Well, like most of them, are, a lot of them are juicing anyways. I mean, you could be an adult and not do it, and just kind of like you get drug tested at work for random shit, you know. <laughs> you know, so we have no idea what's going to happen. Like this is like a lot of speculation. Who knows what the hell is going to happen? Dana might just change his mind two weeks from now and be like, "Yeah, I love drug testing." <laughs> Like, <laughs> well, I didn't think they were going to get rid of drug testing. I think they were just going to separate with USADA. 
No, yeah, I think that's the thing. Is like they have to keep some kind of level of testing. I think that's what we were discussing. I think before the podcast of the, uh, I think it was Wada. I know. I'm sorry, Vada, the volunteer. Uh, yeah. Thing that they did before they switched to USADA. So that's probably going to be a thing that they partner with at some point, or just use on a regular basis to say, well, if there's an issue, we've technically done it. The tests are probably going to be somewhat simple to pass, or you know, if you're stupid enough to actually get caught, you deserve to get caught to begin with. And, and maybe here's the thing: just don't do the shit, and it won't be an issue. But at the same time, waking somebody up at three o'clock in the morning to get a piss sample or having to watch them piss. This isn't the Olympics, but at the same time, man, like I don't feel sorry for people who get caught because it's like, you know, you you kind of did it to yourself. Like, you could get a regular job flipping burgers and probably make a decent paycheck now that, you know, minimum wage is up. I don't know. <laughs> if you want to be a fighter, I mean, it, yes, it's hard on the body and you do need, you know, chances to recover. And, yeah, if we make any, like, Luke Thomas says, oh, you saw it as the worst thing in the world. Maybe just don't do it. I don't know. You're an adult. You could choose not to do shit. I don't know. <laughs> That's just yeah, my take it on it. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just, it, it's, just it, it, it's oversight on the the part of USADA where it's like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't treat fighters like they're Olympic athletes and try to hold them to the same standards. No, it's not that case at all. You just got to make sure: a, are they taking it during fight camp and in the, um, you know, right before fights? Is it like that? That's the should be the windows, but again. It was probably costing them because they were paying USADA a decent amount of money. So they're probably looking to cut back on costs more due to the whole um, merger with uh, WWE. So that might be one of the things that's like, well, it's probably cheaper if we go to you know uh, VADA instead. So one less thing to worry about. Plus, fights aren't falling out due to can't, uh, to uh, drug test failures. Yeah, and we don't even know if they'll use VADA. Like, they might just handle it internally or go a different route altogether. Like, well, then it just think, turns into the WWE. You have to have some form of drug testing combats. Yeah, but you're just like completely speculating that it, you know it would be VADA. Like, who? I mean, there, there are. What else options. are they going to choose to do? They can't handle it internally because that's questionable. VADA was supposed to be the outside source, so that way it was off their hands. Which is why, whenever Dana was asked about Connor. Well, it's up to Vada. It's up to it's their decision. Whatever they're gonna do, don't ask me about it. <laughs> so you're you know Vada I mean? or Vada? Well, it has to be Vada. Otherwise, they're gonna look for another small organization that does drug testing that's not nearly as good. And even then, it has to be like a partnered organization. They switch from, you know, Reebok to Venom, you know, because everybody hated what they Reebok was doing and. That was pretty much the UFC's decision. You know, nobody liked working with USADA, but that again, that was the UFC's decision. So they might just go for an alternative in VADA because that's going to be the only alternative that they can get inside the United States. So um, I thought Len might have, I think you had a kind of an interesting take on like IV rehydration, didn't you? Yeah, I feel like IV, like banning IVs is the worst of both worlds because it's like, there's no fighter who's going to be like, ooh, I'm going to cut less because, 
to account for the fact that I won't be able to hydrate later, they're just going to cut the same amount that they were always cutting and just not be able to rehydrate. So it's just like more dangerous and it doesn't stop any, like, it's not like there's not gigantic fighters cutting massive amounts of weight now since they banned IVs. Like if anything, it's worse because people are getting better at cutting. So I think they or worse just... at cutting weight because there's a lot more weight witnesses now due to short notice fights or oh fights yeah, <laughs> that's, on the yeah, yeah, that's true too. But it's like if everyone's going to cut massive weight, at least they should be able to rehydrate themselves and like you know have their brains potentially be safer because that anecdotally seems to be a thing. So I'll be mm-hmm. kind of glad if they allow IVs again. Um, I don't, I don't know what the salute, cause I kind of don't like the, like, I don't like seeing Connor's weird face with HGH. Like, I don't need all the fighters to be the most jacked people alive and have giant yeah. HGH heads. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't know what the solution is. Maybe they could ban HGH and allow testosterone or something, or maybe they can allow whoa, like whoa, medical whoa, 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 drugs. Wait, 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 hold on. Sorry. What? Did you say they could ban HGH and allow testosterone? Yeah. Why not? Mm. <laughs> This is purely I don't me. want to get into big pharma and testosterone. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fucking shit. On, I'm like, what are we doing here? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, we're are we fueling people? You're right. I'm causing people to <laughs> to go back to their testosterone addictions. This yeah. is yeah, <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> Well, that brings up a quick question. Is that is HGH the reason why all these guys' heads are growing, like Dana and Joe Rogan and all them? Yeah, allegedly, most likely. It, apparently, no. also people's heads grow as they age, and then also, yeah. I was not just, like that. Yeah, well, a little bit though. I don't know. Do you know. remember what Dana looked like Everyone before he lost old, the weight? Their faces don't get like that. Like, well, yeah, no, that well, is do you, true. Do you remember what Dana looked Doesn't like before Dana... he lost the weight? Didn't Dana? Oh, does Dana? Does Dana's head look? Wait, I don't know. Tell us. I don't remember. <laughs> he was massive. He was massive. Like he 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 had some size to him, and that and then all of a sudden he had to cut down on his size. And did his head get smaller? Yeah, a little bit. Like oh, his head so was it... actually kind of not like Tito's size, but like the meat around the face was, you know, a little much. <laughs> okay. Um. Because I was just listening, because people are always saying HGH makes her head grow, but I was also just listening to uh, More Plates, More Dates, and I think, I forget which show it was, because I was watching two podcasts, like, almost at the same time. Oh my gosh. But he was saying that um, people like HGH because they think they are getting more muscle mass, but he says that in a lot of cases they're just getting a lot of, like, water like edema, like just like they're carrying water. So they just kind of look bigger, but they're not even necessarily more muscular. And it was making me think maybe that's part of like the, cause like Joe Rogan, he doesn't look 
like necessarily shredded. Like it kind of looks like maybe he's holding some water in his head also. So well, I'm he's also if... shorter. Yeah. Like yeah. He's a little he's a little chimp, so it makes sense, you know. So just I was wondering around. maybe he's just like his bones aren't growing, but he's just like holding on to extra water and maybe the HGH is doing that. But I didn't like listen, you know. I have to listen to more of that to to learn more, I think. But it, it made me think, I don't know, testosterone, there's not really that many downsides to. Um, but it's also, I don't know, I don't know if everyone needs to be ridiculously jacked and shredded. I kind of like the idea of fighters being natural, but then at the same time, like, fighters clearly aren't natural and are it's pretty easy to dodge the system from everything we hear. So I don't know what the right solution is, but maybe there can be an in-between where some stuff is allowed, but, like, the stuff that's not actually... Like, there's certain substances that are, like, you can't get at a pharmacy and maybe they should ban those because they're not, like, even FDA-approved and shit like that. Yeah. I mean, you still hear about bodybuilders dying and everything now because they take so much stuff to where their bodies can't, like, properly, like, like a couple of bodybuilders that like they will guys that will like uh, take a shit ton of uh, natural like our creatine and all of a sudden they're so used to having that in their bodies to where their bodies no longer produce it because they're getting an, an, an intake that's outside of their body that's already, you know, giving it to them on a regular basis. So their body stops producing it or it's like their immune system shut down or their kidneys fail, their guts fail, their intestines get shredded. You know, their colons collapse, like their, you know, their heart fails because of the massive amounts of blood that it has to flow all of a sudden because it's asking it to do times the amount of work, Um, brain bleeding, all that extra stuff that comes into play with it because now you're trying to push your body past the limit of what it's naturally able to do. So, you know, fun stuff. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I think a lot of that comes from either like from just taking unnatural amounts and really I think taking kind of any amount of HGH is pretty unnatural. I think if fighters were allowed to keep like normal, you know, if they were all allowed to have Michael Chandler top 1% testosterone, then that is probably fine. Even though most of them might do it unnaturally, but it's like when they start, you know, going above human natural levels of testosterone that maybe maybe they could say that's not allowed but you're allowed to take testosterone just not crazy amounts or something like that yeah and ban all the weird special like designer substances even though those are usually the hardest to detect but you know they might as well ban them anyway because they're not like legal or safe etc but yeah, you also yeah, gotta know a guy to get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's like hard because like we've we've heard it's people just get around it anyway. So even if it was banned, people are probably still doing it. So it's like I don't know what the right answer is, to be honest. Just don't do it. Be an adult. <laughs> That's literally my whole thing on it. Like you I'm sorry, you get drug tested at work like everybody else. You have to follow the laws of this, you know, whatever you're doing. You cannot yeah. be a dick. You cannot be a yeah. dick. You could do that. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I have to be the adult in the room, and most of them are like, 
hey, just don't do that, you know? It's but whatever, you know, people like to cheat and I hate the <laughs> concept of like hearing people talk about it like, oh, um, you know, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Well, how about just not doing it? I don't know. I yeah. feel like that's the first thing you can do. Just don't be a dick. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that's like a unreasonable expectation to ask most of the roster, I think. Like I feel like it's not. I feel like I can ask the roster to do it and just follow not the, the way rules. They think. It's not that like, hard. They, they know they're not supposed <laughs> to do it. They're gonna do it either way. Yeah, because so. most of the roster is full of assholes. If you ask fighters the question, are you willing to do anything to win more often than that, they'll say yes. So yeah, that's because most of them are terrible humans. <laughs> I should know. You know whose face has also gotten really big? Conor McGregor. You know what she just <laughs> Did she say that. Conor? Yeah, she yeah. did. You mentioned his face specifically? Yes. <laughs> you know what's funny about, oh, God you know what's funny about that? That Well, I, I'm just saying what happened. So you know what's funny about that? Um... That video surfaced on the Discord of the Liver King, and the first thing that popped into my mind was, ah, it kind of looks like Connor. <laughs> 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 I don't know if anyone else caught that, but I thought that was hilarious. So I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't think that, but you're probably right. Um, I know. I know most of the Discord does not agree with that take, but it is what it is. <laughs> Any other USADA thoughts? My mm-hmm. my mind is drifting, so um Oh any- <laughs> um, uh, if if you would if you would to implement a new regiment, would you have the testing go back to just being like the week of the fight and then like maybe what's mm-hmm. randomly in a fight camp? I guess no, not, I, would, like, I, would, I would do people it to the their house. I would do it the same as it is now. Except I would keep the hours reasonable. Yeah. Yeah, no okay. no 3 a.m. testing. Let them get some sleep. If it's supposed to be for their health, then they should be able to sleep at least. Yeah. Agreed. Wherever the event is, and then pretty much just reasonable hours at a fight camp, more or less. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um... I don't know how long have we have we been going? We've been going for a while, I think. <laughs> yeah. Should we should we wrap this up? Last thing, last segment is the is the uh, fight news. That's it. Okay. Tell last us segment. what you think. It's gone to hell in a handbasket. Is what I think. Because <laughs> now I think the rumor is is that like Kamzat. Uh, well, first off, why the fuck is Costa admitting to having surgery five weeks out? Of his fight with Kamzat. Why? Why? Why are we doing this? Who the, the fuck does this? I, I don't understand. Like, it's like the concept of taking a fight is to be able to face your opponent when you're healthy, not, all right, well, that gives me enough time to get a surgery done and then take the fight. Like, no, no, that's not <laughs> how that works. Like, we had an infection. That doesn't, yeah, but that doesn't matter. You still have to give it enough time to actually heal and then be clear. Because you're literally coming out of surgery, and then it's yeah, I five think that's weeks. That's why he went public with it, though, because he—that's stupid. Get... That's liable. Because then that's just that. Like if it was three months out, okay, all right, he should be cleared by then. But that's like literally a month and a half. That's irresponsible. Like, I don't but know. I think he—I think he had no choice, right? Because it's an infection. Yeah, like he had to get it. 
you're yeah, gonna but die. then that's obviously without the UFC's consent because he just did it. Like he didn't. The UFC didn't know about his infection until he did it. Well, what did you want him to do? Not get the surgery? No. What I'm saying is, what what are we doing here to where he's last minute getting a surgery, not telling anybody about the fact that he has an infection? Let's just call the fight and not have to worry about it prior, so that Kamzat could fight somebody else. Oh wait, he is going to be fighting somebody else. Apparently, it's going to be Kamaru Usman. Yeah, I'm not sure I understand what the problem is here. Like, I just he... don't like it when it's last minute shit, like with Volkanovski, where it's like yeah. he hasn't had a full camp to prepare for this. Like, neither has Usman. Yes, it's yeah. going to be easier for Usman to make the weight. Same with Volkanovski. Uh, I just don't. To me, if I want to watch high level fights, I want there to be enough preparation for the fighters to have a full camp and be ready so that there's no excuses. Yes, there's going to be injuries. Yes, there's going to be miscues. Yes, fight week is going to go great. Weight cutting is always, always going to be an issue. Someone could stub their toe and, or literally wait and then <laughs> go to an interview, trip and fall on a cable as they leave their interview, and then the fight camp and everything is out the window. Like... The idea is that they have the best opportunity to actually be ready for the fight that that's, that's in front of them. But for some reason in the MMA and in the UFC, we love short minutes, short like notice, last minute fights. I don't. So are you, are you saying I you don't. would rather just had him rebook the fight at a later date since he got Yeah, um, or like if it was going to be that big of an issue, Costa should have said, hey, I'm getting the surgery. I might not be able to make the fight. He okay. might have done that. Like, we're just, you're like, the UFC might have been aware of it. I mean, Dana literally said, oh, uh, we, uh, we, that fight might be in jeopardy now. Like, it, the, the, well, like, he's not going to tell if, the public everything. Well, no, because then, like, if, like, they then knew, it's an like, excuse they afterwards. About, they knew about Charles' injury before it went public. And yeah, because Charles thing. literally got injured the day of the thing, and then they, he told them. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't hiding it. It's like TJ Dillashaw with his fucked up shoulder that he had six months out of his fight. He could have literally let anybody else take the fight. But no, I had to go and tell myself that I can do it with one arm. No, TJ, you couldn't do it with one arm. You are fucking stupid for thinking you can actually do this with one arm against a guy who's primarily a grappler. And all you had to do was take you down. And what happened in the first 30 seconds of the fight? Your arm displaced immediately dislocated. Yeah, what are we doing just, here? What are well, we doing? I, mean, I guess I just don't understand what the big issue is. Like, he had an infection; he needed to get it operated on. He had yeah, to so then don't the have the fight. Don't have the fight. But because then we're wasting the all, we're 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 wasting the time of having Kamzat fight another middle middleweight. Oh wait, are you saying? Because yeah. did he get the surgery like three weeks ago? And you're saying why didn't he? announce the surgery three weeks ago is that what you're saying yes that's my whole thing oh, is that we're basically okay. delaying of the fight regardless but okay one i thought you were saying he should have yeah preemptively not got the fight and been no psychic. yeah that the idea is is that hey look i have an infection i'm getting this you announce what the issue what the issue is so that way you get better first First thing is the fighter's health. Like he, it's his, it's fine for him to get the surgery. Just say it. Yeah. Then it basically frees up everybody to do, you know, something else. Like, you know, we're not keeping comes out on a on a uh, a fight that we have no idea whether or not it's going to take place. Yeah. The UFC can look for another fight for him because Kamza hasn't even fought in a year, over a year, I think. And 
you know, Costa fought earlier this year against, you know, Luke Rockhold, but still like that's, that's the yeah. issue is that like, we're but, waiting for these two guys to fight. And yet one of them is probably not going to be able to fight this year after only fighting once. And then the other guy has been out for over a year. And most of that is probably due to visa issues. And I'm imagining it's hard to get that guy out of where he is in order to get him to Abu Dhabi. So now we're going to throw some random dude in. Oh, wait, it's actually Kamaru Usman who's going to take the fight on short notice and probably get mollywopped in the process. Yeah, I mean, I, there is a chance that Dana knew about the surgery. Maybe he thought he was going to have the surgery and still be able to fight. Like, he's like, I'll get the surgery. but No, it'll be that's not how time. surgery works. <laughs> well, like, that's not the... Even if it was a simple procedure, you still have to give it enough time to heal properly so that way there's not a chance of reinfection. That's the Maybe idea. Maybe thought it would heal properly. Like people. That's are not. The, that's not how that works. <laughs> like. Oh, you know, you know how you know how he thinks. You're saying I that mean, there's he's, no he's way he could have thought This that is the same time. dude who literally had a hangover after drinking a a, a glass of wine. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that's what I'm saying. It's like it. A lot of this could have been a, an avoidable issue. Costa, okay, he doesn't fight. Oh well, he, he's at least had a fight in the middleweight division. It is what it is. Book him with Whitaker. Why not? Um, Kamzat uh, uh, can literally fight pretty much anyone within the top 10 in the middleweight division available right now. And, Do you think or there's going to be fighters that will fight him on five weeks' notice that wouldn't fight him on three weeks' notice? It, yeah, because here's the thing. It's like it, the idea is we're trying to get Kamzat in active or active in the middleweight division, right? The idea is yeah. that he faces a middleweight. I don't care if it's a lower rank guy. I don't care if it's a top, you know, mid 15 to 20 guy. I just needed him to fight a middleweight. I didn't need him to fight a top 10 guy. I just needed him to fight at middleweight, get a couple of wins, maybe even get just the one win against whoever it is, a Jeremy Richard. Or even, uh, who did we say earlier? Like a um, uh, Andre Petrosky. Fight that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like just get him, just get him in there with the middleweight, just a middleweight. I don't care who it is. Just get him in there with the middleweight and then we can go from there. Oh yeah. Him fighting Usman is almost worse because now he's not even fighting a middleweight again. That's so yes. So that's the other problem is that he's not even fighting a guy who's ranked at middleweight. He's a former welterweight champion that still <laughs> has some prestige to it, but Usman has never fought a middleweight inside the UFC. So what are we doing here? It's like asking GSP to go up and then accept. GSP wasn't coming off a of losses. He was coming off of a, a win, a questionable win, and had long dominant reign after that or before mm -hmm. that. So it, well, there's I just think, a I lot with this they, that I have need an a issue big with. Name for yeah, the home but name. like that doesn't do anything. I, I yeah, he's a name, but he's a well tool. Yeah, but. I think the same fighters that said no, like Whitaker's, he said no on three weeks. He's going to say no on five weeks. Again, DDP, he didn't need to fight a top whatever. 10 guy. They're, he they, just needs no, to fight a middleweight. No, but they have to give a big name. They're in Abu Dhabi. Like, they they are in Abu Dhabi. Fighters. They do not care who he fights. They just want blood. And no, Hamzat I, I is going to take that. You're just like talking speculation, No, man. it's not. It's not. It's, it's not selfish. It's called reasonable. If I want my fighters no, to fight, I want like you saying, speculation. This is what they want in Abu Dhabi because this is what I say. What they Abu want. Abu Dhabi and literally asked the WWE for fighter or for wrestlers that were no longer wrestling. Yeah, they literally asked them for wrestlers when they were no longer wrestling thirty years ago. Like, like it, that they have no concept 
of what is actually current. They just want somebody that they've seen to win. That is it. We're bringing okay. the circus to you. This is what the circus is. Hey, do you have the lion? Yeah, we have the lion. Uh, is it the same lion as last time? Absolutely. You know, do you guys have the elephant? Uh, yes, we do. Uh, yeah, do well, you have clowns? Absolutely. Yeah, they're here. They're the same clowns as last time. That's one way of looking at it. I think yeah. uh, we're losing sight of what's important with the matchmaking and whatnot. But Okay. Because <laughs> Usman's a better option currently. They might as well just have had it at welterweight. Usman's a, Usman's a bad option. I don't, but they needed a name, and none of the other names at middleweight are. Which is yes. why they should have just either prolonged the fight, rebooked it, or I don't know. Well, they demand pull a, a certain from amount this of card. fights. Pull a fighter and, from like, this card. They pay a huge fight fee. Like they demand a certain amount no, of fights in the main card. Well, yeah, but the UFC is going to get it, and the UFC is just going to make the decision however they make it. This I is what the UFC so. choose to do. Yeah. Based on what's happened, like imagine this wasn't in Abu Dhabi. I don't think Alex took takes this fight, and I don't think Usman takes this fight. I think they both said no. The UFC phoned them back and said, "How about if we pay you an extra one million dollars?" And then they said, "Okay, I'll take the loss for a million dollars." Because I'm pretty sure that that's the situation where the UFC is like, "Shit, Abu Dhabi does not." actually want Gamrot to fight uh what's it, to fight Islam. Islam. I thought They're that was like, a reasonable he... fight. Like there's <laughs> yeah. no reason like, I don't get right, that. If they wanted it, yeah, that's a good point. Like Gamrot's right there. If they didn't care about yeah. names, they would have just thrown Gamrot in there. Yeah, it's a it's a reasonable fight, but they clearly didn't care for it. Otherwise the UFC wouldn't have bent over backwards to find something else. Yeah. So that's so. Does that, that? I think that. Wait, that proves my point then. That they're just no, literally trying the to find the circus. Point. You said Is, you said they just want to win. They don't care against two. And that point yeah. was that they weren't happy with just nobody. They wanted somebody bigger than Gamera in there. Uh, that that's the opposite of your point. Well, but I mean, that, to me, it just feels ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with what you're saying. I just think that Abu Dhabi wants. The opposite of what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, because now we're going to ruin both matchups. Well, technically, yeah. we should have gotten Kamza and uh, Usman at some point, right? We're yeah. just getting it at welterweight, which I hate. Whatever. It, or middleweight now. So, whereas, huh. you know, Alex, Alex versus Islam is a fight you should have saved six months from now at 300. But now we're going to well, burn it. Matchup. It is what it is. I I would have much rather saw a middleweight like what you said, but uh, those aren't the cards we were dealt. Unfortunately, we get fucking Oops, somewhat washed Usman with no knees at 185. Maybe he'll shock the world. That'd be pretty sweet if he shocked the world. Actually, if he yeah. does, I'll take back what I said. But I just like a he's never fought at that weight class, and B. Kamza, even if he has fought once or twice, is coming off a year and a half. Like, just a middleweight in general would have been like just somebody, yeah. not Usman, not maybe not even Costa, just somebody. Hell, you could have literally thrown him there uh, with um, uh, any of the other middleweights that have fought recently, like Joe Pfeiffer. You could have done any of those. Yeah, yeah. And someone suggested fine. that. That would be a good one, honestly. But, you know, I, again, I'm being more of a, a purist on this, like the way I look at fights, the way I want to see rankings kind of progress, the way I want to see fighters careers kind of molded differently. This is just the UFC kind of like you said, just literally 
well, shit, if it is just them appeasing Abu Dhabi because they are, Abu Dhabi is requesting this because of the amount mm-hmm. of site fees that they're getting from it, okay, I'm willing to let that, you know, it be what it is. It's short-sighted as fuck, but, <laughs> you know, I, I guess this is what we're dealing with now. Let's just burn potential matchups while we have them. <laughs> you know, it's not like yeah. nobody loved. It's not like nobody cared about, you know, Islam versus Alex, Alex Volkanovsky, too. You know, nobody wanted <laughs> to see that again, right? Nobody. Nobody. Yeah, I, I fully agree with you. Like, that's what I, that's, this is all the same stuff I was arguing in chat all day, whatever day it was yesterday. I don't remember. Because I was saying, like, why does it need to be Paulo Cost? Uh, I forget who was saying this, but I was like, why couldn't it be literally anyone in in middleweight? I like, I honestly think him fighting Costa was mi- actually I think it was a good matchup because I don't think Costa is as good as people think. But um, I would have been happy with him fighting a lower ranked middleweight because it's like he's barely fought anyone at middleweight. So mm-hmm. I would I agree with you, but I also think that based on what's happened, that's not what, like, Abu Dhabi was going to allow, so they, like, couldn't do that. And then, same thing with, um, the Islam fight. Although that might, that division might have been harder. Actually, I'm sure you could have found a lightweight who would take a title shot on short notice, but, yeah. Literally, Gamrot was on his way. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He's like... He just Well, they fought. did reach out to Gaethje, and he said no, allegedly. Well, Gaethje never... That's what I'm saying, is that if you're a good fighter, you shouldn't take fights on short notice. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not... A, oh, my God. Not, mm-hmm. not even for extra coin? No, because there's no... Even if you do, let's just assume, let's say it is against a high-level fighter, you can no longer go back. Yeah. You know, this is actually kind of great for the featherweight division, though, because you get Max versus Ilya now. Yeah, I do agree with that. I didn't like that Ilya was doing a title fight so soon. Oh, unfortunately, I think that's it. That's it. Like, with that one is weird because Max has the potential to be all contenders, mm-hmm. which forces the situation that we had with Alex. Or, well, if I have no contenders, I'm just going to go up to lightweight. Um, you technically still have Ilya Tapuria. You have Mozart Ivloyev. You have Arnold Allen. Yes, he lost a close, I mean, a competitive fight to Max Holloway, but like that dude gets two wins. He's back in. You know, I thought it was competitive, considering uh, Arnold was able to hit uh, Max a couple of times and push him back. Max was obviously the better fighter. The problem is, is that now that Max has a win over him, Max has to physically leave the division in order for Arnold to actually get a title shot. Or well, he I has think, to be half the I division think again. Still get a title shot, but I yeah, don't know. now he can. But like, there's no guarantee of that, especially if Max becomes an interim champion or becomes a champion because Volkanovski actually moves us up to lightweight. Like, well, th- well, then Arnold doesn't. Then he has to earn the title shot because he yeah, but that that it. takes again. That this is the thing is that it takes a while just for you to even get a, a ability to get a title shot if you do it the way that the UFC likes to push certain fighters make them get back in the line again, you know? Like, you're, we're going to prolong this guy's career until he loses again. 
Well, they well, try to do that to Leon. Goes. Like, there's only so not, many not really. It's the way that the UFC likes to do it. If we don't think we can make money off of you, we're going to try to kill you off. Joe Silva was notorious for that. Well, well, they gave him a Max Holloway fight, and you know he lost. Yeah, which was the wrong decision. Yeah, I think I think they should. I I don't I don't like them killing off contenders, but yeah, that's you the know thing, if you want to be a contender, like, you should win those fights, and they don't have yeah, that long but a path. There's back a to difference between a man who has lost three times to the champion and is still killing contenders than what we're looking at with um. Well, the UFC owes them fights. They have to give them fights. Yeah, like, but you can move the guys around. You can manipulate. Guys who are in Max's position force them to fight guys like Edson Barbosa or move them up a different weight class. There's a difference uh-huh. between those two situations. I think it's okay. probably fine because, like, think of at middleweight they they make a bunch of people fight Whitaker too, and I feel like people aren't as mad at that as and when they make people, people fight Marab. Everyone has to fight Marab. Yeah. Well, that's because it's, he refuses to fight for the title it's... as long as Aljo was champion. That the, with the Whitaker situation, Whitaker was the best middleweight outside of Adesanya, and there was nobody else that they could have made fight because Kenny Near just came off of a win I, after that, and w- against Vittori, Whitaker beat the hell out of or beat Vittori very one-sidedly. Kenny Near had a close fight with uh, Strickland, still won, you know, then beat the hell out of Vittori. Um, Vittori also beat Roma Delize. Uh, you had Costa beat Luke Rockhold in a fight that meant nothing. And you had Adesanya just lose to Strickland, who was also coming off of a win against a bus. So it was just a wacky, it was a wanky situation at middleweight to begin with. And when they had Drakus fight Whitaker, Whitaker was just, I want to get another shot at him. You know, he was kind of on that trajectory to be the um, max in max situation and possibly lose or win questionably but it it was a lot closer of a situation that you could say okay well he has more of a a higher chance of winning against Adesanya than Max does against Volk so that was the that was the problem is that by the time we booked Whitaker with Drakus Drakus actually pulled off a miracle Whereas Arnold Allen was supposed to be Drakus and did it. I mean, yeah, I, think... I mean, go ahead. go ahead. I know what you're saying. They're both like pretty much the number one contenders outside of the guy. That's the thing. <laughs> that, it, it, looking, at it, looking at it, yes, that is true. Turn but in my opinion, I, I know. But like, my my thing is, is that I don't like the ability of killing off contenders when you have a champion who's willing to fight. Volkanovski was that guy. Adesanya yeah. was that guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. give them the contenders. Give them the contenders. When the contenders are out, then we recycle former champions or guys who are, pull, uh, you know, what do you call them? Pull, uh, perennial uh, cha- uh, contenders. Like, they're yeah. always mm-hmm. there, ready to go. They only need one or two wins. That's when you use them. Or in between contenders that are up and coming. You know? That's the thing, is that if you're doing it right, you're not using them to you know, call the division. The, the division just needs contenders ready and waiting. You shouldn't be killing off contenders in favor of, you know, looking for matchups and hoping they make money because then it makes us harder to want to watch. It makes it harder for casuals to want to watch the rest of the division and look for guys like Drake is Drake is just happened to get lucky with the matchup and win. 
Whitaker Turka uh, underestimated, whereas yeah. Arnold Allen missed his opportunity and now probably won't get people looking for his next fight because, oh, well, he lost to Max. Why am I going to watch? Yeah. I don't know. My biggest takeaway is I think it's good for the featherweight division. I mean, I never thought I'd say this in a million years, but if Max beats Ilya, I'm okay with him getting a fourth crack at Volk. If Volk moves up, I'm okay with Max being champ again. Uh, I didn't, like, I wasn't hot on uh, Ilya getting a title shot, but I didn't see any other contenders, and this kind of opens that up, and uh, so I think that's fun. I just, I don't like the short camp thing, but that's all I got. Yeah. Um... I don't mind. I don't. I don't know. I think it's perfectly fine for <laughs> fighters to have to fight the number two guy in the division. I think that's just how it goes. And if they intentionally, like, I think it's more ridiculous if they make f- fighters skip the line. Like, it's also like fine if they skip the. I think it doesn't like. Sean Strickland, he did lose to Whitaker, but then he got a title shot anyways. And it's like, that happens all the time. Like, Volk had to fight Korean Zombie and Brian Ortega. I think both of them were coming off losses, and then they got a title shot anyway because I think it was, like, short notice or fights got cancelled and stuff like that. So I think it's just, like, you know, people have to fight, and if they are the best in the division, they'll win. Like, if they deserve a title fight then they'll beat Max Holloway, like kind of, it, like Drickus Duplessis, uh, like they, you could have made the same argument that like, oh no, he shouldn't fight Whitaker because Whitaker shouldn't fil- like kill all these contenders. But it's like, well, Drickus beat him and then like, hopefully he does get a title shot because of that, you know? It's just like, they should all, everyone should. Can. He probably still can against Strickland, who's going to want to stay busy. True. So, so I don't know. I think everyone should just like fight people, and then if they're the best, they're the best. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> uh, it's a pet peeve of mine, and I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'll admit it. It's like a, I'm more of a. I like to see a certain thing play out in the in the rankings because I come from wrestling, and in the wrestling, you know, brackets, it's you watch the winners face winners until they get to the championship. Mm. Whereas in boxing, it's about well. You get guys who are undefeated and they have to fight a, a, a local level championship and then eventually fight for a belt. And then they can, you know, claim a, a title that a big fighter might want. And then they, you get more and more titles and you get more and more names wanting to fight you. And then you move up either in weight or in titles. And then usually that means that you can kind of dictate how your career goes. Whereas, and then uh, I guess you can say that the organizations have a do duty uh, to literally throw contenders at you because you now you have the belts in those or from those organizations so that way you stay busy with it. whereas in mma it's kind of like all right well let's just kind of think like uh i'm pretty sure you're available are you ready yeah okay doesn't matter if you're coming off of a loss or not right yeah no it's fine it's fine they just need somebody to sell the pay-per-view usually is the ufc model but mm-hmm. <laughs> more often than not it does play out properly that's why i kind of miss the joe silva era where he would make winners fight winners and losers fight losers. So that way somebody's always coming off of a win and it'll look better. Whereas now we're more willing to kind of throw cannon fodder on the prelims and hopefully one of them gets a win to eventually become a champion. But, you know, we're blurring the lines between regional MMA and, you know, high level MMA more often than not these days. So 
Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right on that that point. Um, was there anything else we needed to discuss, or should now now can we wrap up the show? <laughs> I think we I think we spent another forty five minutes. <laughs> yeah, no, that's my fault. That's me. <laughs> it was some good discussion, though. It's gonna uh, be like two and a half hours. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> um. All God right. Damn it. Well. I think it's been great. It was a full-length podcast, so... <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, I'm at this point, it might as well just been a roundtable. <laughs> if you've made it the whole way, thank you. Write, uh, Austin likes to speak in the comments. <laughs> I do, yeah. I do. I do, I just like to show up in there occasionally. Um... Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, we'll see you next week or earlier for the, you know, the other show. <laughs> Just yeah. for the radio main show. Our, our competition. This is a, Fuck this those is guys. A, yeah, this is <laughs> um, I, I believe we have three of them that we're trying to face now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, this has been very eloquent this sign off so I hope you've enjoyed it thank you (laughs) so so subtle so subtle you're just like yes we did this goodbye leave my house please (laughs) hey great job (laughs) we did it I don't know how we did it but we did it nice what I do with the gravy I make a I put a mound of potatoes and then I make a giant hole in them with my fork and I make it a like a volcano potato shape with as much space in the middle as possible and then I pour gravy in the middle and a bit over the top so that I have the most gravy to potato ratio possible.